Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Nick Clark, welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, I guess I should mention we know each other through my son and your brother. Correct. They're good friends. Yep. But for they're a while. but they're separated now cuz they're both in college at, at different schools. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little different for them, but luckily nowadays with Xbox and, you know, iPhones and whatever it doesn't really matter. They're still still connected. Yeah, I, I used to hear my son in from his room saying words I'd never heard him say in polite company. Yeah. Over Xbox. Oh, I I I'd come home some days and um Colby would be still asleep at, you know, 1 two o'clock in the afternoon i'm like dude what are you doing he's like oh well i was up playing xbox all night you know zach was uh, i mean it's it's crazy nowadays with they'll how they can connect from two separate places could you do that when you were in college not in college uh, i had a couple late nights but i mean playing playing a sport you had rare occasions where you could do it and other than that you'd be screwed for the rest of you know the week, and that was a that was a, a you thing. That wasn't a coaching staff thing. You're like, hey, if no, I'm gonna take yeah. this seriously, I got yeah. If you if I'm gonna take it serious, because then you know, like I said, sleep schedules are all messed up, and then you have a bad practice. You're tired. You know, you want to skip class to sleep, or you sleep in class, or you're not paying attention. It just screws everything up. Um, and you, at that point, you're trying to be a little more mature and treat it more like a business than you know staying up all night for no reason one night out of the week gotcha you were telling me before we started recording that you've been on a few podcasts yep what are those other podcasts like what are they trying to accomplish just some local ones like this um we've been on a couple ones for you know local recruiting um apps and websites for high school just asking our stories asking um i did it with my business partner alec who you know grew up with he played at florida state he's been on this this podcast with you yeah um just stuff like that just trying to use our information and what we went through to help younger athletes and other people who are who are in our situation and, and going through life the same way we are uh we're going to talk a lot more about that did you have somebody like that um no not really um i had alec i and he'd be the first to tell you nowadays with the whole new wave of recruiting um alec and i were really some of the first bigger recruits to come out of atley high school um, especially Alec and our parents were figuring out together. They both, you know, we went on recruiting trips together all the time and it was a new process and we didn't have anybody to learn from. We just kind of, you know, figured it out ourselves. And, um, especially our position offensive line, we didn't have our senior year. I was our offensive line coach, Alec kind of was the assistant but he played both sides so we didn't have an offensive line coach you didn't have a 30 something year old guy nope it was put on us and we had to take what we learned from all the camps we went to from college coaches and put it all together so that's why you know we've started the companies we have to kind of give back because there's quarterback coaches there's oh they're all over those guys right but offensive line is such a hard position to coach and everyone who does coach it they do their best but they're not really you know trained or you know can see or teach what needs to be done and they're just kind of typically just a placeholder yeah so um yeah it's just kind of where we're at and what what we try to accomplish and that way no one has to go through what we did yeah you you didn't have a a nick clark or an alec eberly but you did have i know your parents your parents were all in and they were doing everything they could i'm sure alec's parents were doing the same but it's, it's still it's nice to have somebody around your age maybe a little bit older who just went through the same experience. Yeah. And, and a lot of these kids that we, we work with, we essentially turn into, you know, 
big brothers to all of them. And even their parents. We have a kid who's just committed to um, East Carolina. And his parents have been leaning on us like crazy because they're the same way. Nobody knows how, unless you have somebody to lean on or um, to talk to, whether it's parents, a family friend, whatever, teammate, no one knows how the process works, whether you're an athlete, player, sometimes even coaches who are new to it. So we do our best to um, kind of help everybody that needs help. Um, and it can get a little hectic sometimes, but... It's what we've built up in our relationships with coaches, and we've been through the process, and we do our best to to help out as many people as possible. Yeah, it's it's uh, got to be re- rewarding, I imagine. Yeah, especially when uh, you start getting kids who are going to school for free, and you have parents who pay good money to for their kids to train with us, and it pays off with you know free school where they don't have to worry about it, their kids don't have to worry about it. Um, that's really what our goal is and we always say it doesn't matter if it's you know Alabama or D2 even D3 you can get they'll give you they can't give scholarships um, but they'll give you academic scholarships whatever we're, our goal is free school yeah. and at the end of the day that's all that matters I mean everyone for the most part is going to end up like Alec and myself um, which is you know you had a shot at the NFL doesn't work out but you get a head start in life because you have you know, Alec and I don't have student loans, which is great. Right. Um, and that's our, our real goal is to just kind of help kids enjoy college, be able to play football in college, and then after college have a head start, you know, whether it's a little bit of money taken off student loans or no student loans at all. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah and education is very important. Right. And, and student loan debt and not having student loan debt is also very, very important. And it's hard for a lot of yeah, families. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, let's back up to the very beginning. Yeah. Where, where were you born? So I was actually born in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. Okay. Um, born 1996, and then I moved down here to um, Hanover, Mechanicsville, in 2000, um, and I've lived here ever since. So you were uh, you hadn't even started school when y'all no, moved down? No, no. I think you know my parents, uh, my grandparents owned a, a, a cheesecake kind yeah, of they, manufacturing yeah, they plant did. called World's Best Cheesecake, and yeah. they made the move. They were tired of the traffic and everything up in Northern Virginia made the move down here uh, to Richmond and my dad worked for them and we followed and we've been here ever since. I asked, I've asked your dad this a couple of times, like how do we know it's the world's best cheesecake? And he just laughs at me every time. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's world's best everything nowadays. There's a thousand world's best pizzas where, you know, number one in it's the America. World. You can say anything. Right? You can, it's, it's <laughs> up to someone else to check you. Yeah, that's right. So, but it was cool. It was great. So uh, elementary school, middle school, all Central Hanover. Yeah, all Central. Um, did Pearson's Corner, and then was actually the first class, first fifth grade class in, at Cursey Creek. Okay. And then went Chickahominy, Atlee, and then um, Old Dominion, and now I'm here. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. They take those Cursey Creek kids, and some of them go to Atlee, yeah. some go to Hanover. Well, it's hard, especially when you're you're growing up and you have friends, especially with the dividing line for those schools, and especially uh, – Oak Knoll and Chickahominy and Atlee Hanover. I mean, New Ashcake Road. One side yeah. is Hanover, the other side's Atlee. And you got a lot of kids that, you know, we grew up together playing sports and you still see them, sure. but not on an everyday basis. It's and different. It, it makes, makes, yeah, makes a difference. Yeah. It's, uh, you would think that they would do something about that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, every day I look, there's more houses being built, you know, more trees being knocked down. So it's, I guess the zoning yeah. is they're just doing the best they can, and it's only going to get more packed and more 
more busy yeah. as it goes. I, I grew up in Hanover County as well, and I'm significantly older than you. I I, I like some growth, especially if it's yeah. economic in nature, but, I, right. but you don't want to have it at the expense of everything just being right. too crowded and uh, too too crazy. Yeah. Uh, so uh, when did you start playing football? I started playing. I was actually kind of late. I started, well, relatively late, um, fourth grade, Okay. Know, which at my time nowadays, that's some people consider that super early uh, with the whole concussion stuff. But, right. Um, out of my friends, everyone had played flag football since they were, you know, kindergarten, whatever. Um, I was just late to it. Not sure what the reason was. I don't know if my parents told me back or I just didn't want to do it. They were waiting for me to say I wanted to. Um, and I started fourth grade. And you wanted to play. This wasn't your dad who played college football. Yeah. This I, wasn't your dad saying, so let's go play. I honestly don't know. I'm sure it was a little bit of both. I mean, at a young age, you get thrown every day. I mean, I was I played soccer. Right. No interest. And in, I like watching soccer now and playing soccer video games, but I have no interest in playing soccer. But it's one of those things, you know, swim team, basketball. They try to put me in as many different situations as possible, many different sports, and just kind of, you know, keep throwing crap at the wall. And when something sticks and I enjoy it, that's what we went with. And, and football was one of those things. And after that, it just kind of – we went from there. Were you playing line when you were a little yep. guy? Unfortunately, I never left it. Really? Never so got. You never got to play the glory. Never position. Never got to play quarterback, running back. Nothing. Nothing but, cool. Were you center the entire time? Uh, for the most part, I mean, it wavered here and there. Um, I think the coolest thing I got to do was be a kicker. Okay. For one one game until I dribbled it off the tee on a kickoff for like three yards, and my dad was like, "That's it." <laughs> that that was uh, rack yeah. stuff. That yeah, that cool. was rack. That was probably my first or second year. We had a little kickoff contest, and I won it. Oh, okay. And then first game, I first kick dribbled it off. It's the a lot team. of a lot of pressure. Yeah, for it the is. I mean, yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> Definitely not for me either. Because no. everybody stared at you, you right. even on a simple kickoff. Yeah. No, it was it was not one. It was pretty embarrassing, especially at a young age. I was not. Uh, not one of my brightest moments. Uh, you're probably the only one who remembers that. Maybe your dad. Maybe my dad, but I, I definitely remember it. And I remember it was not. And I think I had missed the practice before the game because I was, you know, up at the tennis courts messing around with friends. And my dad, who I think was the head coach or one of the coaches, wasn't going to be late to practice. So he just left me. So I missed the practice before the game. I already got scolded at home for that. I was, you know. Not good, and then to go at the very start, it was opening kickoff to do that. Uh, it was not not great. Was this Blue Star? This was. I actually played Ashland Vikings. Oh, you played for the. Vi- I'm an I'm an yeah. old Ashland Vikings. Yeah, my dad wouldn't let me play with a uh, a star on my helmet. He's a oh my Washington gosh. fan, so that you, was one uh, of the reasons. Really? Yeah, that's what he claims. I'm sure there's other reasons, but he just couldn't see me with a, a star on I, you. My you grew up closer, maybe, to where the Vikings practice and played games. Maybe it was probably an extra, you know, ten minute drive. Not the end of the world. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I did not know that. That's a good story. Yeah, that's what he always says. He wouldn't let me put a star <laughs> on my helmet. What if there's no other team around? I guess you, you suck it up, and there you, you are either play. that or I wouldn't been. I'd have a whole different life story. <laughs> yeah, a very different story. Yeah. yeah okay. So, uh, are, were you playing flag or uh, contact? At contact. Time? I was tackle. Okay. That was so, my first season. so you never played flag. Never played flag. It's it's a different game. Yeah. It's a very different yeah. game. All right. So you end up playing center. Did you like the position of center? Um. It was always, you know, whatever to me. My dad always said it's it's cool, cool position because you're the only player on the field besides maybe the quarterback that touches the ball every single play. Right. Um, and at a young age, 
didn't really mean much to me. Yeah. Um, and but as you get older, and one of the hardest things I think to do in football, and you see it on a lot of teams, especially college and high school, is snap, get a an accurate snap back to the quarterback. Especially once you get older and you have you know three hundred fifty pound men who can bench twice your body weight and are fast, and it's just a whole issue. And at that point, once you get to the more advanced levels. I had a more, you know, a bigger appreciation for it. I had more control. I mean, the only person that could change anything I was saying in college was the quarterback. And even then, as I got older, you know, the quarterback would listen to me. I had final say. Mm. So at that point, it was awesome. Loved it. But as at a young age, it was just, you know, whatever. But I think it helped me because all those times snapping a football, it's it basically trained me to where – I was lucky in college, at least in games, I never had one, not one bad not, snap. Not one. Well, some I had some that weren't great, but I was lucky I had some great quarterbacks that were, you know, pretty sure handed and um, didn't have any issues with it. Now in practice, those are you know, I've well, had, practice. Uh, you have yeah. your strings of where things are going wrong. But uh no, I and I accredit it back to just starting at a young age. Because yeah. some people you know, center gets hurt. You don't really have a backup midseason. You're trying to teach someone, and it's not going to work. Yeah, it's hard. It's an uphill battle for sure. It takes a ton of focus too. Yeah, and quick transition to either yeah. run blocking or pass blocking. And, yeah, uh, and you not one under center with a quarterback sure, under center or no. I, and we were shotgun the whole time, and I'm sure you know there were some where you could pick where maybe it was low by the ankles, but nothing that ever you know went overhead, far left, far right. Nothing that killed a play. Uh, that I can remember. Now, I, there was I probably snapped the ball four thousand times in college games, so I don't know. There that's impressive. That, that's impressive, and because I know you're you're a man of character, I'm not going to double check that you. Yeah. Oh, that's why I go with Alec. Always says there's no way because he's had a couple, and he thinks there's got to be some, but not not that I can remember. Yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah. So I, I played a few sports where I would throw, and and if I was trying to throw it high. And it, it was going to end up being low. I, I knew it when the ball left my yeah. hand. Did you know the same thing as a center? Yeah, and it's something you just have to play with because at the time you're not really thinking, especially in a game. You know, I'm just – after I've done it, I mean, I probably snapped the football 30, 40,000 times over my 10, 15-year football career. Right. So you, it turns into muscle memory, and you don't really think about it until stuff starts happening. And it's like, okay, well, I just snapped the ball – you know, low and left three straight times. How do I adjust? And you knew it was low and left, or did you well, have to be told? They'll, they'll tell us. Yeah, there's nothing. I I won't feel it. Um, but trust me, you'd be you'll be told real quick. You know, our offense coordinator had a very loud voice, and he used a lot of profanity, and you could hear him, and he was not too happy. But profanity in your name and something oh yeah, negative. oh yeah, yeah, all the time. Um, but at the end of the day, all that mattered was the quarterbacks always say, you know, you're good, just get it back there. Um, but it's just something that takes repetition. Yeah. You know, if something's going wrong and you got to go out and plenty of times where I was out there on my own with one other person catching footballs and you just over and over and over until you fix it. And then it may be a different grip. You know, I did everything from different grip on the football to if I knew one play was, you know, say I had to sprint right on a play and I was always having issues snapping, I would line the ball up a little bit off center to kind of counter – if I was, you know, it was going yeah. one way or other. So all sorts of different things where you just try and tinker with it. And then eventually it fixes itself and it goes back. Are you giving anything away when you lean? No, well, that's one of the things with offense line. You just, 
you try and keep it very vanilla in your approach. You never want to give away. It's one of the things we teach nowadays. There's kids who will be in a two-point stance for a pass and three-point stance for a run. And, you know, any good defensive player, defensive coach. You just have to pay attention for a little bit and you figure it out. Yeah, and that's how – and that's what we talk about as you get older. The game changes when, one, you you get better film in college. High school film is atrocious to look at. But you didn't Um, even have an O-line coach in high school. No, no, and we didn't know. But once you get to college and you have these, you know – $40,000 $40,000 cameras that are watching your every move and you can see everything. That's when the game starts changing. That's where we try and make sure our, our athletes are prepared physically. And we do some mental stuff as well. But once you get to college, um, it, it changes. And we try and teach them in high school, but like I said, it's so hard to see film nowadays in high school, just from angles and camera stuff. It's not the right. best, but the, from that second level, we reached college. The game is one before the snap. Mm. And it's the research and the film study and everything you do beforehand that really um, makes your life either a whole lot easier or a hell of a lot harder when the, when the ball snaps. And amazing uh, recruiting efforts, too, because yeah. the, the quality of the player yeah, absolutely. absolutely matters. Um, all right, so when did you know you loved playing football? Um, <clears throat> I'd say probably sometime in my, my junior year. Oh, okay. Was it was late. late. Yeah. Um, there was a while where it was just kind of I was big and it was just what I was doing. I never really had a real pat. I want to say I had a real passion. Um, I enjoyed it. My all my friends did it, and I was a big guy, so I did it. But I didn't really start having a lot of fun with it until sometime junior year of high school, and then senior year. I mean, we were we were really really damn good. Y'all, you and were that, all in. Yeah, and then at that point it was, and you know, recruiting starts heating up. And, um, but senior year was probably some of the most fun I've ever had playing football. And you were essentially the coach. Yeah. (laughs) For the most part. I mean, we didn't have anybody that knew anything about offensive line and nobody, we literally, when we were doing offensive position work for the most part, it was myself leading it. And I didn't play since I was the only one that could really snap. I didn't play both sides of the ball, which probably was a mistake my senior year, but because you would have enjoyed it, yeah, I would have enjoyed it. We would. Have, I was pretty good at it, but we had studs all across the defense line. We didn't need it, right? Um, so when you know high school, you split up. You have offense line, and we were lucky enough back then. We had probably eighty people on our varsity team. Which That's nowadays a- you'll be lucky, excuse me, to have 40, 50 people on a whole JV and varsity That's together. Crazy. Yeah, so we would split up offense line, defense line, and I would just coach offense line. When Alec came over, he would help. And we'd have Coach Johnson, our head coach, would come over and, and do drills and stuff, but he was more of a, a supervisor. Yeah. And which, at the end of the day, that's all we really needed was someone to make sure we weren't jacking around and doing yeah. what we needed to do. Because um, we were very good. We had, you know, three Division One football player or offense on, on line. The line. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another that started at Hamp City for three, four years. Yeah. I mean, we were we were loaded. We were big deal. What What did you enjoy the most playing football at any level? Um, honestly, I'd say really the locker room. Mm-hmm. That's the type of stuff where you know, obviously, you, so many friendships. You swear you spend a lot of your time um, before practice, after practice. I mean, there's been times where I would spend. After a hard workout and everyone's dead, you spend an hour or two just laying around, you know, joking with the guys and everyone. If you don't have anywhere to go, you just stay and hang out. So, right. um, 
that was probably my favorite part, the relationships I had built with so many guys. Um, Obviously, when you get in college, all the perks of, you know, eating well and doing this and that, it's great. But um, honestly, the locker room and and friendships probably the coolest part. I did not see that coming. On on the field. On the field. Yeah, what did you like the most? Well, winning was the best. Obviously, that's the number one. And and we, unfortunately, at ODU, we had plenty of years where we should have won a lot more games than we did. You were on the the team that uh, beat Virginia Tech, right? Yeah, that was – We'll come back to that. That was senior year, yeah. So, um, there was a lot of years where we were loaded, especially that senior year, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, But when we were winning, especially my sophomore year where we won 10 games, we went first ever bowl because ODU is a – 10, 11 year program. Right. So we went to the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl, won that. So I, wa- first I, I watched win. that game. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. And I and, watched it because you were playing. Yeah, well, thank you. And, yeah. and winning cures everything. And sure. you turn into this feeling, and it's the same feeling we had in, in, in high school. And, you know, we joke about it, and I get joked for it a bunch. Um, but I really think our senior year at Atlee, we were practically, in our minds, like the old. Miami Hurricanes back mm. when they were the real you right. and they just kind of walked in and we knew we were you know we were going to come and kick your ass we were going to go home and have fun and hang out and do whatever we did and then next week would start we'd handle our business we'd go take walk into someone else's place know we were going to win and that was just how it was our sophomore year too we got to the point where we won like seven or eight straight, and we mm-hmm. knew there was nobody that was going to beat us. Y'all were the best in the county by far. It yeah, like. yeah, no, it was it was great, and uh, that's I think the because it doesn't happen often. There's years where you win win a game, lose two games, win two games. When you go on that roll, as we did senior year of high school and sophomore year of college, I mean, there's nothing like it. Every winning cures everything. I mean, you're talk of the town, talk of the city of Norfolk, you know. And that's why you do all that hard work. Yeah, and it pays off. Yeah. So that was probably in regards to playing when obviously winning. It's never fun to lose, but when you go in and win and you know you're going to win before you even step on the field. doesn't happen very much in life. It, to be does, that it does not. Yeah, It does not. And like I said, I played football for at least the seven years of legit from varsity, from junior year where I first played varsity all throughout college. It happened – Two out of seven years, yeah. which is pretty good, I guess, if you think about it. It's but, really good. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, worst defeat in high school? Worst defeat? It, I mean, our when we lost in the what was it regional finals or whatever, we were two three games away from state championship. You were supposed to win that game. Yeah, we uh, well, we lost to Douglas Freeman. I think our second or third game of the year at Freeman, we were missing like three or four of our key players. We played the worst game ever. We lost like seventeen to thirteen, something mm. crazy. That was our only loss. We beat every. We beat Verona, Highland Springs, which is back, unusual, un, very unusual. I yeah. think we were Highland Springs last uh, regular season loss. I want to say for like four years when they went on that run, we were the last team to really beat them oh, in wow. the regular season. And that loss to Freeman really screwed us in the end because we went from playing a home. We had two home playoff games, and but we were the second seed behind L.C. Bird, who was the one seed who had just won two state championships. And if we had beat Freeman, we would have had the home game. And we think there was a lot of fishy things going around that, you know, we lost bad. 
and there's nothing you can say about that, but there's some theories we have where, you know, if we would have played at home, it would have been a lot different just based on some penalty yardage and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing. It's somehow the game before us, granted, we lost. It is what it is. The game before us, they had almost 200 yards and penalties. The mm. game after us, they had almost 200 yards and penalties. But our game, they had like 40 yards. It's just out of nowhere. And we were the favorite to go at that point, beat them and go play in the state championship. And I don't. they won it that year. They had a comeback win against... I forget the school, but Trace McSorley mm. was their was their uh, quarterback um, that almost beat them, and obviously he played at Penn State. He's with the Ravens now. Oh, he's still in the league. Yeah, yeah he's Lamar's backup, and okay. he was. I don't know. Well, we have been able to beat them. Who knows? But I know we were definitely good enough that year, and I mean, we were very. It was just we were dominant in everything we did. You wish you could do it all over again. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. My. Uh, one of my buddies uh, is a guy named Mike Stockhausen. He has a son, yeah, Jack, yeah, who I, I think Stockhouse. was a year, year ahead of, yep. of you. Jack and his friends from, from their year said they would give their pinky to go play high school yeah. football. No, it was especially that senior year. I mean, what I would do to go back. It was just a whole – we had that Texas football, high school football feel of our senior year. And we were – I mean, we had insane numbers at all of our games. I think our Atley Hanover game, they said, had 13,000 people. Wow. That's Which, huge. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, uh, I mean, it was – Was they ever good back then? They were good. They were better the years before, obviously, with Sam Rogers, mm-hmm. the Cheatums, all that. Um, they were still good our year. And it was a great game. I think we won 14-0. Um, but to have that – those numbers at a high school game. Most of those people couldn't see. No, I mean, it was – See the field. The fences was, you know, three, four deep. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And we had great student section. I mean, it was awesome. It was It was awesome. So uh, let's talk about recruiting. When did you know you could play college? When were you fairly confident you would be able to play at the college level? Um, I honestly would say probably the summer leading into my senior year. Um, I always thought I could. I always wanted to. Um, but junior year, and I, I'm a little younger, so like Alex about a year older than me. Um, and he was starting to show a little more dominance. He played varsity next year. I had a, I broke my back sophomore year just oh, from gro- or freshman year from growing. So I was in back brace. What, what, what do you mean you broke your back from growing? I had um, a double stress fracture in my L five vertebrae. Okay. And the doctors basically just said my body is growing. I'm putting I put on like sixty pounds in like a year, maybe six months because oh. I was just growing. Yeah. And my bones were still young. And so I was, you know, lifting, I was playing lacrosse, so all the twerking and it just, the stress, you know, screwed it up. And so I was in a back brace for three months Mm. and then had to do PT and that kind of got me, I played JV for a second year while some of my buddies who were with me on JV the first year had moved up, Right, which was frustrating, but it is what it is. You were big enough to move up. Yeah, I was big enough. Um, But that junior year, my first varsity year, I did well, but it wasn't dominating enough to for me to think i thought i could do it but once i hit senior year and i finally had got an offer it was it was over i knew my play that year kind of solidified what i knew i could do and i think it was just a matter of growing and maturing and my body finally catching up um and we put in a lot of work too for that that year the amount of work lifting that myself Alec did Ty Burris. Um, yeah, Alec told me y'all went over to Bob Blanton's place. God, we went to Bob. There was 
this of uh, probably a three four month span where Alec and I we worked out three to four times a day. All at Bob's? No, we would go. We would have our morning workouts at school before school with the football team, which we would only do about half of because we Coach Johnson, luckily, which is a big problem nowadays. You know, you lift at the school. You're not allowed to lift elsewhere. Today. Today, yeah, it's a huge issue. It's just a territorial thing. Coaches want the camaraderie. They don't want people not going to lift, Mm. all sorts of stuff. But Coach Johnson would say, okay, come in, do the conditioning, do the plyo stuff, whatever. You're part of the team. Part of the team, and we were the the captains. We were the seniors, or going to be seniors. And then he knew that we were getting good workouts in with Bob. So we would get there, I don't know, 6 a.m., whatever the work at 7. Um work out, go to school. We'd leave straight from school or sometimes we'd have open field after school for 30 minutes an hour just doing football stuff. Um and then we'd go from open field to Bob's, work out for an hour and a half, 2 hours, and then we'd go from Bob's and we'd do sprints and conditioning on our own um at Atley Field or whatever. And so it varied. I mean, some days we wouldn't do the sprints. Some days we wouldn't have the open field. But it was very consistent. And we were all in on eating healthy where we were just eating, you know, chicken, rice. And it really changed our bodies like crazy. It was the best shape that we've ever been in. Linemen, people that have been linemen for a long time, wanting to do sprints. Yeah. It was, you're definitely committed. It was uh, – I mean, we were all in. And Alec at that time had just committed to Florida State. Um, Before the season started? Yeah, he committed – Spring of our junior year. When did you commit? I committed late senior year. Okay. Um, I was always just considered too short. I had a lot of people that were interested in me, and all summer, you know, they line you up for camps. Come to a camp. All you have to do essentially is what they're telling me. Show up so you can get an accurate height, weight, whatever. Show up and we'll offer you. So I'm going in thinking I'm about to get six offers in the summer. Because you're not a small guy. No, I'm I six three on a good day. I'm probably a smidge under six three, which was considered small. That seems crazy to me. Yeah, and so I had a whole. I had Delaware, ODU, um, JMU. I just had a ton of schools that would just come and will offer you. And I went to a mall. I went to a couple where it was back to back days, which was the worst decision I could have ever made. I mean, it was miserable because yeah. there's 110 degrees out. You know, I remember I went to ODU's camp. They said they were going to offer me. They loved me. I go, do well. It was practically conditioning. They were having us running, doing sprints and stuff. It was ridiculous. And then we get to one-on-ones, which unfortunately are, you know, the end-all, be-all. And I lost two of three, two mm-hmm. of four one-on-ones to one of my good friends, too, who played at JMU. And that was that was it. And they were like, ah, you know, we're going to go another direction, which was frustrating. And I had heard that from a bunch of people. I even went to some camps and killed it. And did great, and nothing came of it. I got one offer from Campbell, and that was out of nowhere. Mm. Got the offer. Um, I didn't really want to go to Campbell. That was in like May. I don't have any Campbell listeners, so you're fine. No, I don't. I didn't really want to go to Campbell. My grandpa had gone to Campbell Campbell for a little bit. My dad was like, "You don't want to go there." You know, I would have rather walked on. And then that got pulled because they offered some other kid and he took it so they pulled my offer before senior year so i was going into senior year of football with nothing Mm. um i was prepared to walk on places i really liked nc state i went to nc state camp just on my own they didn't talk to me at all um and they had a four star there um 
named Shy Tuttle, who's actually he plays for New Orleans. He went to Tennessee, plays for New Orleans on the D line now. Went to that camp. Um, he had you know seventy offers, and for whatever reason, we just spent an hour doing one on ones with everybody, and I was doing really well. He was obviously they wanted to see him, and they lined us up, and I I won like eight out of ten one on ones against him, and they loved me. But they said, oh, you know, we don't have any more offers because it was so late. If someone decommits, you know, we'd like to offer you, which could have just been BS. But at that point, I'm thinking, all right, I love NC State. That's where I want to go. They had a guy that was committed to NC State who kept on visiting Auburn, offense lineman, kept on visiting Auburn. This was Auburn's year where they had the kick six versus Alabama and all the crazy stuff. And they're a national championship. I'm like, this guy's got to decommit. Like, he keeps going to Auburn. He's going to decommit. I'm going to get it. And it never happened. Mm. Um, but after our first game against Patrick Henry, I sent out film, and I got a call from or Coach Johnson pulled me out of I remember Spanish class um, and told me I got what was considered a gray shirt offer from ODU, um, which meant I wasn't going to go in uh, in the summer. I would wait one full semester. Mm. So instead of going in summer of 2014, I'd go in winter of 2015. And um, it was an offer. It was great, but those are a little sketchy because they they can pull them. There's no binding anything. It's basically just their word. Mm. So, and I did not want to go to ODU. I did not want to go to ODU at all. When you were a little kid, they probably didn't have a football program. No, they didn't. I didn't want to go to ODU. We went down there. I I didn't really like it. Um, They obviously had already said no once. Um, But as the season went on, we kept on pushing it off, and there was some – they were not happy. I mean, I think we waited eight weeks, and they knew I didn't have any other offers. And finally, we kept saying, my dad had never seen it. So I kept saying, oh, my dad wants to see it first before I commit. And finally, the week before, my dad and I went down to watch a game. Our O-line coach, who was our recruiter for Richmond, Coach D, came in and pulled me out of class and sat, sat us in this little secretary's room that literally had a, a circle table you know, I don't know, big enough to seat four people, and the walls were probably two feet away from the table. So it was a tiny... It's like, like a weird kindergarten room. Yeah, it was a small room, and it was just me and him, and I think Coach Johnson had to leave for something. Something was going on that he had to go take care of, and it was just me and Coach D, who's this old, you know, 65-year-old. He, he passed away a couple of years ago from cancer, unfortunately, but just hardcore, had his little legal notepad, full of notes and it was one of the most miserable things I've ever been through in my entire life it was just why aren't you committing do you not respect us oh he just put the full court press oh on full you. court press no what what the f is your problem who do you think you are what oh it was bad Th- that's his recruiting tactic I, I mean he's just old school he wasn't gonna I mean what she had a point I didn't have any other offers I was putting them off um I don't know why they wanted me so bad but I'm glad they did uh, and there was a point where I was after that too. I mean, I, I didn't go back to class. He left and I had to, to like take an hour or two to just collect myself. You I mean, I walked out and I ended up being like, I was in slight tears because it was that stressful. And, uh, it was just, it was crazy. And I was at the point where I was contemplating walking on to NC state because I liked it so much. I didn't want to go to ODU. And finally I was like, I just, I don't want my parents to have to worry about paying for college. Yeah. Which, so I committed um, and I'm very glad I did. I mean, it's the best decision I ever made. And I was lucky. I mean, Coach D was literally the only coach 
in all of college football that wanted to offer me a scholarship. Our head coach, Bobby Wilder, didn't want to offer me. Offense coordinator didn't want to do it, but they had just lost a commit. And what was it? Just your just slightly height, I guess. I don't That's know. That's so weird. So I, I played in high school, not nearly right. to the level you played. But leverage matters. And I would think playing center or one of the guard positions, being a little bit shorter actually helps. You'd think. Nowadays it's all about versatility, though. Mm-hmm. So if you get a guy who's 6'4", 6'5", he can still play center. Um, or even 6'6", six, six. one of my close friends who's – Still playing at ODU. He was our left tackle for two years. And now when I left, they didn't have another center. So he moved to center. Mm. He's six six. He can play all three posi- all five positions. Right. If I wanted to, I could get away with guard, but I'm nowhere tall enough or long enough to play tackle. You're definitely not playing tackle. Yeah, yeah. So I was basically stuck. I was going in to be a center. But they had a fifth year center, um, Josh Mann, who I'm good friends with. They said once he's done, you know, you'll you'll be the starter. And I, I'll never forget he Obviously played, graduated, and I walked in. Um, I can't remember if it was spring ball or fall ball because I had a good spring, and I took a bunch of reps with the ones. But at some point, I looked at the depth chart, and I was like fourth on the depth chart. And I was just like, this is – At center? Yeah, this is not how this was supposed to go. You know, they told me this, which they'll tell you anything nowadays. Yeah. Um, but it was a – Definitely a good. So this was your what your first year of first eligibility. year, yeah. So I I redshirted. Josh, the fifth year senior, played his last year, 2014 fall, um, which it turned from a gray shirt. My my official visit, which I you know we skipped over. They had just lost a commit to I think to Penn State mm. or something, and so they switched me two or three days from signing day from a gray shirt to a red shirt, so oh, okay. or to a normal scholarship. Right. And I had other schools come in late, like Marshall, William Mary. A bunch of schools came in late and said, "If you you'll decommit, um, you'll, we have a scholarship for you." And I just you know stuck with my word at that point. Yeah. It was kind of like a screw you. Like I'm not. Yeah. Nobody's second choice, even though I kind of was for ODU. Um, Did your dad want you to go to William and Mary? No, I think he was – he didn't really care. Um, just whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. And once it all, people started getting calls. Because there was also a point where I didn't want to go to you. We committed, and we hired a, a recruiting company to keep sending out my film to other schools. Well, they were idiots and sent it to ODU. <laughs> So I was committed, and I got another call one night. I'll never forget sending my tiny little Honda Civic outside the practice fields, pouring down rain. I'm just getting cooked by Coach D once again. You know, what the f is this? You, you had you five so- years of this guy. I had two, two. Okay. But I mean, he once you got there, he cared more than any other coach about you. Yeah, you know, as a person. But man, he was. He was screw loose. He was a great guy, though. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am with all the opportunities I've had. Yeah. Like I said, he was the only person. Him and our our this guy, Kyle Jolly, who played at UNC and was with the Steelers and training at Bob's, who helped us, and he was a GA at ODU at the time, so he okay. knew us. But um, he was really, like I said, the only person that wanted me, and I wouldn't have been where I was. He got fired after my second year there um, and then died a year or two shortly after. Yeah. But if it wasn't for him... Who knows what I'd be doing? Well, it sounds like uh, you may have had an opportunity to play at other places. There, there were was, um, but at the time, once you get one offer, it for the most part it rolls. So if I had an ODU offer, and then all of a sudden I get a Virginia Tech offer, well now ACC teams start. Okay, he has an ACC offer. 
maybe we should be looking at this guy. So once I got the ODU offer, Marshall, William Mary, they're all kind of in the same realm. So um, that's kind of how they found me and were like, okay, we'll give you an offer. It helped. But at that point, it was just so. Like, so without ODU, maybe none of that stuff it's, came. It, you it. never know. Yeah, it could have. Now I was. I thought I was putting together film that I should have been at a Power Five school my senior year. I thought I was playing that well. I thought I was playing that dominant. It's just the height thing. At the end of the day, mm. if I was an extra inch, I probably could have been at one of those other schools. But it just it is what it is, and it played out the way it should have played out. And you know, I have no regrets with it. It is what it is. If only your parents were an inch taller. Yeah, well, I'm lucky I squeezed out that extra inch. <laughs> I'd say my dad's probably sick, was six two on a good day. My yeah. mom's fairly tall, but yeah, you know, I'm thank God I, I was six three on a on a every once in a while on a recruiting visit when they not check your height, not six two and seven eighths, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think I was six. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my son, since you know Zach, I'll share this quick story with you. Uh, I'm six three. Mm-hmm. My wife is five two. When my son was a lot smaller and he knew he probably wasn't going to be as tall as me. Right. But he still hadn't learned how biology works. Yeah. He said, dad, why didn't you marry a taller woman? I'd be taller than I'm like, you wouldn't be here. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, t- it took him a little bit to figure that yeah, out. Yeah. No, it's always, he always see that a lot though. Tall women. Yeah. But I was lucky. My mom's tall. Yeah. It squeezed out just enough to, to make something happen with it. Yeah. And you, uh, all right. So let's talk about ODU. When you yeah. started playing, what year did you start? <clears throat> Um, so I redshirted and then that second year through injuries and other stuff, I just slowly worked my way up the depth chart to where a week before the first game, I was the starter. Oh, wow. Um, how big were you at that point? Six, three, probably in the two nineties. Okay. I was a little lower. I, I went all over the place with my weight throughout my career. there, trying to figure out what worked best. Obviously I found out lighter was better. Cause I look at back at my last two years and i just feel like i look like a fat slob my mm. best year was sophomore year i was 295 two well actually like 285 but i'm not the strongest guy in the world and you deal with some strong dudes yeah. playing over top of the ball but that's besides the point well strong and they're they're yeah they're way more than you typically yes <clears throat> um but i was i was going in starter i thought i was going to start and then all of a sudden i got a call from coach d my online coach and he called me in and sat me down and he was just like hey um, it felt like I was in a scene of hard knocks, you know, mm-hmm. the, the football show. And yeah. it was like, we're going to go with, with T comp, who was a junior at the time. Um, we're just going to go with him cause he's older, but be ready to play. You're going to play whatever. And so I was bummed. Um, parents were bummed there. It was the first game was at Eastern Michigan. So they were going to fly up for it cause they thought I was going to start. Right. Once they found that out, they're like, oh, you know, we love to be there, but maybe we'll just stay at home and watch on TV, which was fine. Um, and then next thing you know, it's like the third play of the game and T comp, you know, God bless him. One of my good friends played with him for a while, snapped the ball over our quarterback's head and something just, you never did. I, I was lucky. I mean, that's why it matters so much. Yeah. And that's, that's see, like an interception almost. Yeah. I yeah. see our offense coordinator scream down the line because our line coach would stand way back. So I was standing with him. You know, Nick, get the F in there. And so went on in. And for the most part, the rest was history. Now, we split a couple times. I didn't start two other games that year. One was against, I think, Marshall maybe. I ended up playing. I played in basically every half 
of my entire career except for one half against uh, Charlotte. And that was because, once again, I was a freshman, and they didn't think I could handle going up against this guy from Charlotte who is was the best player I ever played against. He's mm. been with – he was a third-round pick with the Browns. He's now – with the Bengals, his name's Larry Ogunjobi. Mm-hmm. He's unbelievable. I saw him yesterday. Yeah, he's TV. unbelievable. Um, Why did he go to Charlotte? That's a weird choice for just, a guy that Just, you know, slipped through the cracks. Yeah. I mean, his arms were the size of my head. I mean, he was unfreaking believable Literally the best. And at Charlotte, too. I mean, I played against NC State, who all three of their – or all four of their offense linemen are starters in the – or defense linemen, excuse me, are starters in the NFL. They're all drafted – in the third round or mm. lower, first one was first round pick, first mm. top five pick to the Broncos. Right. Um, so they didn't think I could handle that, which, you know, all good. And then something happened, and I went in the second half, and that was the rest. I, I ended up playing in forty nine games my career, starting forty six. So I was it's great. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It's one of the things I prided myself in was um, availability, best abilities, availability. So. It wasn't all healthy availability, but you know you suck it up and you get a couple shots and take a couple you know happy pills and get rolling. What's what's the uh, worst injury you played with? Um, you know, there's tons just nagging stuff that's just brutal. I had bad knees for some reason. Um, I got rolled up on by sophomore year uh, in our last game. Luckily, it felt like when I got rolled up, it was on a touchdown. I, I felt like my shin had snapped in half. Mm. Um, luckily, it wasn't serious. It was like a grade two sprain of MCL. But I think it led to more things down the road where it ended up being I had torn meniscus. I had to get surgery my senior year, and it just kind of snowballed. After that, everything just kind of snowballed where, you know, I was, I was out of shape, which was – 95% my fault for my eating habits and, mm. you know, being lazy with taking care of myself. Um, but I Because you knew you were going to start. Yeah, and I ended up being being babied by, you know, our strength staff, our coach staff, um, making sure... That's surprise Because they wanted to make sure you Right, yeah. so I wasn't squatting. I was doing, you know, variations of squatting. I wasn't... They wouldn't have me run all the time to take... Because, I mean, I was playing thousands of snaps a year. Right. Um, which was kind of cool to be in that situation and have that preferential treatment. But looking back on it, it probably wasn't the best move for my overall career. But it is what it is. And at that point, it's just make it to the next game. Get through the game. Get to treatment. Figure out what's wrong. Fix it as much as possible. And if you can't fix it, get the stuff that's going to mask it for 24 hours. And then move on to the next week. It can't be good for your body long term. No, it's not not great. Um, a lot of things I wish I didn't do to mask it and to do stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, you do what you got to do. Because you want to play. Yeah, and I knew how happy it made my parents watching me. I mean, they looked forward to it. Even you know everybody, my friends, family. So I knew I wanted to be out there playing and give them something fun to look forward. You to. You enjoy more. playing. Too. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I loved every bit of it. I mean, I've. Luckily, never had to watch besides three halves, three games. Um, being on the sideline sucks. Yeah. So I loved it. I loved every bit of it. Um, but those outside factors really pushed more because there were some games I probably should not have played. Right. But there's that's kind of the offense line mentality and football mentality in general. Except for the uh, wide receivers. Yeah, the wide receivers. 
We had some tough wives. We I was very lucky. I played with a lot of very very good, uh, not specialists, uh, wide receivers. I mean, three of them were in the NFL. Two of them still are. I mean, mm-hmm. we were loaded, and I so I have respect how, for them. But. How did ODU pull that off? I don't understand uh, how ODU without having a program for ever just development. You know, you lock out on some some things. I mean, you can look all across the country. How did you know Josh Allen with Wyoming and random stuff like that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, our senior year, our senior sophomore year, when we won the Bahamas Bowl, won ten games. We had two running backs that ended up in the NFL for a little bit. One still in the NFL is kind of like a fullback. Uh, three. Four wide receivers who had stints in the NFL, one of them more so in the CFL, um, two of which are still playing. One was uh, one's Zach Pascal plays mm-hmm. for the Colts, yep. does fantastic. The other is Travis Fulgham, who last year for the Eagles was like all world for – he was like the best wide receiver in the NFL for like three or four weeks. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable. And then one of my close friends, Jonathan Duhart, who played at Manchester – was unbelievable as well. He bounced around with the Lions and uh, some other teams here and there in CFL. But, mm. I mean, we were loaded. Had a tight end that was really good. Um, wide, or quarterback that had CFL stints. I mean, it was unbelievable. Did you play with uh, Taylor? I did for one year. Um, that was when I was a freshman, true freshman. And, uh, you know, we, we're friends. We know each other. We weren't super close by right. any means. Um, but he was just – he was a really good dude. I don't know why, but every Sunday night, you know, we'd go over to his house. We'd have our study hall as freshmen from 6 to 8. And then after that, we'd go over with him. He lived with Rick Lovato, who's won a Super Bowl with the Eagles long mm. snapping. And we had a, a freshman quarterback, freshman long snapper, who was supposed to take their job. So they are kind of big brother, little brother. Right. And they would invite us over to watch Sunday night football. And we would go and hang out with these fifth-year seniors which I would never did as a fifth year senior. Yeah. Which so it was freshmen cool. are paying the ass. Yeah. And yeah. and he hung around. He'd come in in the offseason and train with our our quarterback's coach who he's super close with and you know, he he coached our uh floor hockey team a couple times in intramural. So okay. he's just super good dude. Very, very laid back. What you see is what you get. He's not putting on a show. He's just he's he's great. And he's starting for your dad's favorite pro football team. Yeah, it's pretty stressful. Um I, I you're think, you're a Washington football team. Player. I am, I am, and I think, you know, especially in college, I, and they weren't good my whole five years. There. They haven't been good in a really. They haven't been good your lifetime. No, and in college Sundays are I would get to watch maybe the first half of the one p.m. games, and then we'd get back in time maybe to catch because we'd have, you know, flush runs, film, treatment, all sorts of stuff on Sundays after the games. I'd maybe get back in time to watch the last five minutes of the 4.30 games, and then you'd watch Sunday Night Football. So I really didn't watch much Washington games. So right. I kind of – I'm obviously always still a Washington fan, but I wasn't as invested. And I'd say that Tampa Bay playoff game where he got the surprise start. He almost beat him. Yeah, that was probably one of the most nervous – I hadn't cared about a Washington game like that in probably 10 years. Did you see the uh, the thing on the wall over here when you walked – no, in. no. It was it's, a, it? it's a Tampa Bay flag. Really? Yeah, I'm a Bucks fan. Oh well. I I was fortunate to have a dad who didn't care about the NFL. Yeah. So I got to pick my own team, oh. and, and uh, I'm of an age where I just remember a lot of obnoxious Redskins fans. I'm sure. That wouldn't surprise me at yeah. all. 
Yeah, uh, you were either a Skins fan or a Cowboys fan, typically. But my generation, for whatever reason, said we're gonna we're gonna find teams that are are not the right. Cowboys or the Redskins. Oh, well, that's good. I, I I don't blame you there. And I it, but I I do have a lot of friends that that pull for them, and and I say this with all sincerity. I don't think Washington's going to do well, meaning win a couple Super Bowls again until they have a new owner. No, uh, that's what everyone says. And I mean, he's point, proving it, right? Yeah, at some point you would hope. Um, all this stuff that's going on would flush them out and force them to sell, especially because you look at the numbers of their attendance. I mean, their attendance is atrocious. It's especially trash. the if you look at the actual percentages, they're like a whole 10% lower than the 31st worst team. Like, they are awful. And half of the attendance is the other team's fans. It's mm-hmm. not even Washington fans because no one wants to go. My dad refuses to go. Good for your dad. Yeah. Um, so, it... I don't know. It's frustrating. But like he said, I have the Nationals and Caps who who won championships, which he never saw. So that's yeah. the trade-off right now is we got back-to-back years of that, which was pretty cool. That is very cool. Uh, Washington <clears throat> seems to me is playing to make money. Yep. They're not playing to win football. Anymore. Well, if they're playing to make money, they're doing a terrible job at it. <laughs> right. They're doing they're bad not, about There's it. no yeah. way they could be making much money at all because there's nobody. I went to one game this year. Um, and I only went because one of my, my best friends, Austin Wilson, who li- lived in Ash Creek, went to kindergarten all the way up to high school with us. He's a NFL agent. Mm. And one of his clients is the fullback for the Chargers. So Chargers played Washington week one. And he was like, yo, do you want to go? Gabe got got us an extra tick. I said, yeah, sure, why not? And yeah. it, was, it was very cool because obviously that's when Fitzpatrick got hurt. And Taylor came in, and that was when he was still riding off of the Tampa stuff, and he hadn't had the couple weeks that he had, which I don't think are terrible, but you know, I I know he can do better, right? Um, and just hearing the uh, the fan, I mean, it was electric for a little bit there with hands and chanting Heineke, and I was one of the coolest things I've ever been a part yeah. of. Um, but after that, once you have the first one to two games of the year, I wouldn't have gone if it wasn't for Gabe and my buddy Austin with the tickets, right? After those first two games, everyone, when you lose, they lose interest, and it's whatever. I mean, I was watching the Lions game yesterday. Their their stadium sounded packed, and they're 0-7, atrocious. And getting crushed by the Eagles. Yeah, it was, it was loud as crap. Huh. I don't know, man. D.C.'s a weird place, too. It, it's Well, you got a lot of people from a lot of different areas. Yeah, they're, they, they're, they're from upstate uh, New York, so they're Buffalo fans. Yeah. Or, yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. Nationals do well, caps do well with attendance. The skins back in the day, man, they they were That's I think they were had. they were like a top five NFL uh, franchise all I back took in the my day. My dad and uncle talk about is RFK and bleachers shaking. Those games were electric, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I not a fan of Washington, but I've been to a few of those games yeah. and they they were a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, maybe one day we'll get back to that. The your offensive line was the uh, high school equivalent to the Hogs for the for the That's skins back hear. in the day. Yeah, oh, they were awesome. I know. I wish I was uh, a part. We had a, a mini one, I thought, with Washington a couple years back, but it never never amounted to the same. They haven't had a lot anywhere near the Hogs, no. I don't think. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the Virginia Tech game. Yeah. Tell me about the whole experience. Well, it was actually a uh, pretty tumultuous week. It was a rough week. We uh, Well, that year, we, we thought we were going to be extremely, extremely good. Like, talking like, the group of five New Year's Six Bowl, good. Um, I mean, we were loaded. We had 21, 22 seniors, 21 of which 
or 21 returning starters. I mean, we were loaded mm. at every position. We had a guy who's being talked about as being a, a first-round draft pick at defensive end who ended up going third round to the Giants, but still. Yeah. I mean, we were loaded. And it just started off. We played Liberty first game. We had like an hour rain delay, close at half. It was at Liberty. Then got blown out. Liberty's good. They're, yeah. they're very good. But that game, we should have won. Then we go to back home, play FIU. We're up 17 nothing and a half, have like a two-hour rain delay, another rain delay. We don't score another point after the, the we lose like 23-17. Mm. Then there was a hurricane that was supposed to just crush Norfolk for our third game. So we go to Charlotte, um, I don't know, on like a Tuesday. We usually don't leave till Fridays. We go to Charlotte on Tuesday, stay in a hotel for like two days, three days. We have a, we're practicing at a random high school. And our coaches come up to us, and or they're telling us in the huddle, like, we're playing tomorrow. This is a Wednesday, I think, maybe Thursday. We're playing tomorrow. And in my head, I'm telling guys, like, there's no way. We're, like, they're just doing this trying to get us. Because we had a full practice, hardcore, full pad, full hitting, tackling practice, which we you never do. do. No, yeah. we would end that on Wednesday. Thursdays, we, we kind of – did like the Chip Kelly old school with all the analytics of how mm-hmm. we would go about it. Wednesday was the last hard day. Thursday we would do almost a walkthrough, or it was a walkthrough. Friday was like very, very light. Like we would wear spider pads, which are just the soft cushion, not the hard shell. Right. And we'd do like two-minute drills, more running and stuff like that. We did a full 24-period practice the day before a game, which – as a fifth-year senior and some of the other guys around, I could not handle that. I thought it was a joke. So I'm sitting here, come to find out we actually have a game we're playing at like noon on a Thursday. Because of that hurricane. Because of the hurricane. Yeah. And which ended up not hitting. And uh, it just – it was probably one of the worst games of my life as, you know, how I did. And I knew it. My dad even said, oh, you know, you look like shit. Mm. And, you know, I, part of it, I obviously I was – had a full practice for. I needed a lot of tender love and care to make sure I was ready to play. I was not, but I was also very fat and out of shape my senior year, which it all tumbles downhill. So I had a terrible game. Charlotte sucks. We should have beat them. So y'all are now oh and three. We had a chance. We were winning. Ended up losing. We had a drive where Travis, who NFL like I said, dropped a wide open pass. Would have been a touchdown. We would have taken the lead or tied or something with like two minutes left. Dropped it. So we end up going, we're 0 3. Um, next thing you know, we're in 0 oh 3. After we thought we were going to be the real. With all bit. those returning stars. Yeah, studs everywhere. Then next thing you know, we're sitting that, there. Sunday. Y'all, y'all were too confident, maybe. Uh, Could have been. Could have yeah. been. We're sitting there Sunday in the meeting, team meeting, and all of a sudden, our, you know, our running backs coach, you know, it's, everyone's nothing good. No one's happy. It's miserable meeting. I'm sitting there just listening, and all of a sudden I, I get called out for, you know, my play. You know, I'm embarrassing. This is – you're one of the reasons we lost – from the running backs coach who – which I have a lot of respect for. He's very good. He's did special teams too. He's been – well, it might have been our wide receivers coach. One of the two, either way. Somebody was stepping out. Yes, there. they. but they – I ever had respect for him. But I was sitting there like, you know, listen, I maybe didn't play my best, but I'm a, a center – like – in the offensive line that's five people if i'm not doing well 
there's it's getting masked a bunch. I mean, you're we just had a guy drop past, bad, you know, there's all sorts of different things. But whatever, I, I let it go. And then next thing you know, I don't know what happened. It might have been Coach Wilder basically tells me, you know, your play was unacceptable. You're getting benched. Mm. And I would say he benched me and one of our left guards who had been starting for three years as well, who's a redshirt junior. And I just remember sitting there like, this is unbelievable. I know I played bad, but, you know, I don't know how I'm becoming, we're becoming the scapegoats. And next thing you know, I get a text from my dad or one of my, I think it was my friend Austin from Tallahassee. Text of a headline. It was like Bobby Wilder benches fourth or fifth year center and others to, you know, try and galvanize or, you know, do whatever to try and make changes to fix this thing. So I was just getting thrown all over the place as didn't you know, did not see this coming. No, no. And I once again I knew I played terrible. Now I think there's other factors that didn't help, like a full practice. But I mean that's not there's no excuses. I could have yeah. played better. Everybody, everybody um, had to play on that Thursday. Everybody had to play. Yeah. And I, we, it ended up being where, you know, Coach Malone, our line coach at the time, said, look, I understand what's going on. You know, you obviously know you played like shit. This is what you have to do. You're going to be on scout team the whole week. You're going to be doing this, this, and that. Just do what you have to do. Everything else will be – it'll take care of itself. So myself and this other guy, Tony Barnett, who's was had started since he was a freshman as well. He was a year younger than me. We're running scout team reps. I mean, it was fairly demoralizing. Humbling, for sure. Humbling. Um, and what I was really worried about, not worried, because it doesn't matter at then, but you don't have many stats as an offense line. You really have zero besides, you know, sacks, which are not great. The only or, thing or, I had. Or bad snaps, which you. Right. Yeah. Were starts. And I had a streak going of, I think that Virginia Tech game was going to be my 40th straight start. Mm. And I'm sitting here like, I. I Cannot lose this because it was important to me. I it was my one stat, yeah, and I prided myself in being available. So I finally worked my way all the way back. It was fine. I started, or I was planning to start, and then we had some mishap the day of the game where my roommate and I woke up late, and we were like a minute. I don't even think I was late to our offense line meeting. I think I was on time. He walked in first. I was like, I have to pee so bad. I went to the bathroom, then walked in. And I was the last person there. And I got sent out. And our O-line coach asked if if I should start. Asked the team, or asked the O-line what he should do. And they ended up being like. Were you in the room when he asked? No, he sent me out. Oh, got it, got it, got it. I come back in. They're like, all right, you're starting. But you have this. I, I got punished like the next day. I had to go to like early morning run or something. It just coaches do not like you being late. No, by, and I get it. Second, I, so. I was all. But meanwhile, the golden child, who was a one of my best friends, Isaac, who was their left tackle, starting as a uh, second year freshman, so redshirt freshman. But they loved him since he got there, and he was a stud. Rolled in thirty seconds before me. Nothing. It was like, oh, no big deal. So um, I really thought I screwed myself there. And I was like, damn, I'm going to lose it. Like, But they end up starting me. And obviously, we go into the game 28-and-a-half-point underdogs, I think. And I remember running out. You see all this you know, burnt orange or whatever they are, which to start, I, I hate Virginia Tech with passion. <laughs> Never liked them. I don't like their fans. A lot of my friends are fans. I don't like it. I don't like how they – I mean, they didn't really care about me in recruiting, but what they did with Alec was just 
was ridiculous. I mean, they, they act like they're Alabama. Right. And it's just, you're not. They're the Alabama of Southwest Virginia. Yeah, yeah, which is not really impressive when you don't ever beat anybody. You'll get a random top 10 win like this year, but then UNC goes on to suck. So right. joke's right. on you. Um, so I hate Virginia Tech. Um, and bunch of orange. And it just keeps. Was it at Norfolk? Or it was it? at ODU. Okay. It was at ODU. And, you know, I don't know. Going into the year, we thought we could beat Virginia Tech. We that was real, the only game we didn't weren't sure we were going to win was FAU because they had Lane Kiffin. I mean they were rolling, right? And so, but after going zero three, we're like, you know, we have no chance. What game. is going? Yeah. yeah, and it just you stay with them and we're rolling and it's next thing you know we take out our starter and we put in our backup who was a walk on at one point Blake Larusa and he just starts. Slinging it, he was dealing. Yeah, I mean, he ended up. I think he was close to 500 yards pass. Maybe it was 400 yards passing. It was unbelievable against Tech, who's known for having a really you know, strong defense. Bud Foster. Yeah, yeah. And I think we ended up with like the second most yards against Bud Foster ever. That's saying something. Yeah, and it just kept going. And there was rule, not rules, but Coach Wilder came in. You know, he said a lot of corny stuff all the time, and it was monotonous. But he had keys to upsets. And one was keeping it close at halftime. Um, I want to say one was like out a big play that changes the course of the crowd. That was mostly for away games, but you got to take the momentum. And there was one more, but we kept it close. It was supposed to be within a touchdown at half, and we ended up getting a pick and scoring with like five seconds left to go in the half to tie it at fourteen fourteen. Mm. At that point, it was like. I remember seeing that score. Yeah, like we can do this. I'm like, wow. Yeah. What's for ODU's record again? Yeah. I, I was thinking at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, we were like, no, we can do this. And then it was just back and forth. And it was, it was the atmosphere there. I still watch some stuff here and there. We have a little highlight film. And I remember, you know, when we finally took the lead and it was on a run from our running back, Jeremy, who was with the Broncos recently, still bouncing around in the NFL. You know, made a cut and then ran over somebody two yards out of the end zone and then walked into the end zone. And you can hear the it was already loud. And once he scored, the energy just oh, the ODU kids must have been it was through the roof. So, and then I've always just wanted to experience you know, fans rushing the field. So, everyone rushed the field. I had a bunch of my friends there. My buddy Austin Wilson flew up, he never got to watch me play. Mm. He flew up, we had planned it months in advance, and I was texting him before. You know, that Friday, like, hey, I appreciate you coming. I'm sorry. You're about to watch us get killed. Like, yeah. I wouldn't, I thought, and, it was I, and I may better. not, and I may not start. Yeah. And same thing. So I had a bunch of friends there, family there, and it was just finding them, my buddy Ty and Austin on the field after, and they were jumping around. And then it was just awesome. I have, there was some picture that was in newspapers that was taken me and my roommate Isaac that was in pictures all over the world and newspaper there was somebody in like europe most exhilarating thing you've ever been through yeah it was unbelievable i i don't and it wasn't even it's one of those games where i don't like watching ton because i didn't play great i didn't play bad i made all my right calls but you just look at yourself and you're like wow you're you were a fat slob your senior year, so it's not really too much fun to watch but yeah you're on the winning side though that's you, all that matters david beat goliath that day yeah you, you were part of david yeah yeah no it was uh Especially with, you know, not liking Virginia Tech as much as I did and, you know, being passed over 
and all sorts of stuff like that. It, it was very, very cool. Sweet revenge. Yeah, it was. Weird. It was. I mean, I had. I went back to my phone. I had like two hundred text messages <laughs> from everybody. It was your 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 entire contact list. Yeah, lit I mean, I feel I could only imagine what somebody who, you know, my cousin was the quarterback for Wisconsin. And I would always text him here and there, like, hey, good luck. And he would never get back to me. And I was like, oh, well, he probably has 10 times what I was getting. And it Are makes you talking sense about Horny Brook? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, well, I say cousin. It's the easiest way. College roommates with my mom, who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're practically family. But I would always text him every once in a while. He'd get back to me. But I knew. You know, you're getting thousands of texts. He's he's the quarterback at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. who was a top 10 team every year he was there. Yeah. So I finally got. It. I was like, "Wow, this is." Un I mean, I waited to the next day to text people back. A lot of it was just copy and paste, right, of response, and it was. But it's something that you know. Obviously, I'll never forget. You'll remember the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, so you uh, did you have a brush with the NFL? Was that ever <clears throat> a possibility? Um, it was. I, uh, you know, obviously my I didn't have any crazy injuries, but you know my my knees were worrisome for a lot of teams um i didn't have my sophomore year was probably my peak um same with alec alec sophomore year he was ranked like number one or two center projected right. for our class i was like top 10 somewhere which isn't saying much for centers but i was up there yeah um and that was when i was the lightest i'd ever been it was you know i was moving great we had a great season and then it all just kind of went downhill i had knee issues i thought I told myself I needed to play at a higher weight to be more efficient because I was going against bigger guys. Um, my coach always told me otherwise. He wanted me in the 290s range. I wanted to be like 310, 315. Well, looking back on it, he knew best because I could move better. And yeah. I was more athletic. Um, and the centers pull a lot. Yeah. And you're going after linebackers yeah. too. And, and it's stuff, you know, you always think you know best. You think it won't really matter what's – 20 pounds there 15 pound difference for a guy that already weighs 300 pounds ish right um so you know I, I got my knees taken care of got a couple shots after the season make sure i was good to make it through for training for pro day um unfortunately what a month a month before pro day i uh tore my hamstring oh preparing for the 40 which you know it all circles back to um my knee injuries with them babying me. I mean, I didn't do squats much, which I didn't do a lot of lower body. And I think in the end, me finally putting that much stress on my lower body after two years of not really training it um, to the best of my ability because we were trying to save my knees, I think it came back and bit me in the butt. My hamstrings weren't strong enough. And this wasn't strong enough. And I tore it. And it's, I used to always joke with our running backs about them being bunch of babies with their you know torn one of my best friends was running back and he had a, a hurt hamstring i was like dude you're such a bitch like this is <laughs> it's a hamstring once i i tore mine it was the full i mean i was running full speed and i it popped and i hit the whole hop and oh yeah and fall like i'd just been shot and it was it's serious it's no fun um and i did my best i, I went to um I want to say, I forget what their name is called, but the Polisics. I don't know if you know the Polisics. Mm, sure. They own, you know, uh, Matt Polisic. We've known them. They lived on our street in Milestone. Matt lives over here, actually. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think he, he played 
soccer in college, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. His, yeah. I mean, Joseph played with me at ODU. One of their two twins. The other one went to William Mary. Um, their youngest son is played soccer at Duke. He's actually in the MLS right now. He's he's mm. unbelievable. But anyway, I would always go to them when I have issues. Um, and he's very good. And his nephew's actually Christian Pulisic, who's yeah. The- Superstar, the, the best uh, player in the yeah, country, and yeah. he knows exactly because I mean Christian got hurt when I was in there, and was facetiming Matt because Christian trusted Matt more than the USA doctors that oh, were wow. talking. So he, I had all my trust in him. They did a great job, you know, getting me at least ready to try, and I went in, and it was basically you know rolling the dice. Do I, do I try and run my forty because the forty is one of the first things you do on the field. Do I try and run my 40, and if I pull it and re-aggravate it? You're done. We, yeah, it's, my day's done. And I told, and I've, I screwed up. I should have said, told our coaches before to let the scouts know I wasn't going to run. I told them the day of, and I think they thought I was trying to, you know, not run for other reasons. And the Jaguar scout came up to me and said, hey, we really, I really need to see you run this. So mm. I was like, oh, shit, okay, I'll do my best. And I was like a wounded deer running. I think, I mean, it was embarrassing, especially in front of NFL scouts. I mean, it was almost embarrassing. I mean, but I did my best. I did what I could. Yeah. But none of my times were where it should have been, um, which, you know. You hadn't fully healed yet. Yeah, it is what it is. I yeah. had to stop training for a whole month because I couldn't move. Right. I couldn't move without, I mean, it was a bad tear. So, nothing really came of it. I had a couple teams interested, but I never got the – it would have only been a mini camp at that point. Um, it was just a mess. I mean, Alec was a much higher-rated prospect than me. We thought he might get drafted in the late rounds. Worst-case scenario, preferred free agent. I mean, he was just a mini camp invite. So, everything was just compressed down. So, if he got pushed that far down, then I would – it just – so, who knows? It's highly competitive, right? Yeah, it's it's – it's NFL. Yeah. Um, but looking back on it, you know, I could have had a small chance and bounced around, and, yeah, it would have been cool. I would have loved to at least get a mini camp chance and been in a facility and say I was there. Right. But I probably would have been bouncing around, still training. Um, and the way I look at it is, you know, because I didn't get that chance and didn't make it, it set me up for so many other things that have, you know, fast-tracked in my life that – have been great. Now, granted, don't get me wrong, it'd be great to be making millions of dollars playing the NFL. Sure. Playing something you enjoy That would help playing, even yeah. more, yeah. But um, the kind of uh, way those life events happened and how what I'm doing now has kind of pulled from each one of them, just from people I met through trying to train, because I wasn't even going to train for pro day. I didn't even think I had a chance. Mm. My knees were killing me. I was looking at getting another surgery. And then my parents were like, just try. You will, you'll regret it, which I'm glad I did. Yeah. But all those people I met from my trainer who talked us into doing Hog Academy, which Hog Academy led to this and that and all sorts of different stuff. I mean, you know, who knows, like I said, what I'd be doing right now. It would, might be a totally different life path. Yeah. Career path. And you're on a good path. You're on a really good path, right? I'd, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Um, I think your parents would say you're on a good path. I, I think so. I mean, it's it's just work. I, I work for myself. I love working for myself i don't want to work it's genius anybody. man i never figured it out <laughs> it's i mean it's a lot of work you don't make the money i got friends that are making a lot more money than me right now who 
you know, our CPAs work they, for Capital One, work for they took the, the safer state. route. They took the much safer route. There's good and bad in every uh, path, Joe. I like betting on myself. The one thing I never liked was, and I didn't never had one of those jobs really um, to really experience it. But I wanted to make money based on how hard I worked. Um, and I didn't want to be working hard and be making the same salary as someone who I knew was doing nothing all day. Yeah. Um, and I think now looking back and I realized some of the stuff I let go in football and how much more effort I could have put in and, you know, maybe taking things a little more serious here and there instead of feeling complacent. I've used that to where I'm like, okay, now I know I'm a little more mature. I can't not do something because I don't feel like it or I can't blow off this email or this call. You got to grind, man. Yeah, you just do it. And I enjoy it. I love it. I think it's when I'm on a roll and I'm working, I have nothing else I love more doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. All right. So most of the times I ran into you when I was taking my son over to hang out with uh, your brother. Right. Your hair was always longer. Yeah. And then you came into my house tonight. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, short hair. And you have you have hair that was similar to what I maybe had back in the day. Yeah, it was a time. I, I grew it out. We grew it out. Alec, myself, and two of our friends grew it out uh, spring of junior year to hang out of our helmets for senior year. Um, I was really the only one that kept it. One of our other buddies did, but he stopped playing football after high school. Okay. And I kept it. Um, I kept it because it did look good out of a helmet. My mom liked it. And once I ended up being able to do a man bun, it was great. Ladies loved it too. It, was, it worked. At some points, I look at pictures, wish I didn't leave it as long. I wish I would have cut it back a little. But yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point, once you're done, it was time to move on. And I'm very glad I did. So, so you're you're going to be basically a short hair guy for I am. the rest of your life probably. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. You, uh, you kept it going for a while. Though. I did. I had it for about five, six years. Yeah. Six, seven, six and a half years. So All right. it was cool while it lasted, but I just, it's such a pain in the ass. It, it does seem I don't know like, how like, girls do it. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to do it. No. Yeah. No, it's, so it was cool. I did it. I can look back when I'm probably bald when I'm. Yeah, you're going to miss it okay. th- yeah. those days. Yeah. That's why I'm wearing a baseball cap. I'm yeah. hiding what I got going on <laughs> up here. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about Hog Academy. What, yeah. The, the goal or the objectives of Hog Academy, what are you all trying to accomplish? Um, it's like I, we talked about it at the beginning of, of yep. this podcast. We saw an opening. Any good business, and it's hard talking about it as a business because obviously you need to make money. But the goal was to help kids. And any good business starts with finding solving a problem. And the problem was in the Richmond area, there was no good offensive line coaches. There that seems no crazy teaching. to me. Yeah. There's guys that did it, I guess, 10, 15 years ago that someone told us about, but they fizzled out. There's nobody that does it. Now, after we started up and we had some success, there's people that pop up and try and duplicate it. Um, but we started it to help these kids. Because we were getting kids, parents. You know, my mom works with somebody at Chicomany, uh, who was her son played at Adley. He kept on asking, hey, can Nick work with my son for a little bit? And I was like, yeah, sure. I went out once or twice just for free. They tried to pay. I was like, no, it's you know, it's all good. You're just being a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, Alex started getting people asked, and finally, my trainer, who um, I worked with for Pro Day for a little bit, was like, you guys need to do this. I'll let you use my facility for you know a share. And we're like, okay, whatever. So we kind of forced our hand on it, and it just kind of took off. It, I mean, we, we thought we were going to throw it out there, and people were going to come running. And we learned very fast. 
it didn't happen. It's not that easy. No. So we ended up just going on. I spent hours on max preps looking at old rosters. I mean, I was looking for every reason weren't updated. So some rosters I was looking at like what when was we we were doing this? Twenty nineteen. So I was looking at like twenty seventeen rosters, trying to find those freshmen and sophomores at the time, and then I'd look them up on social media and find them and then message them from Hog Academy or my own personal one and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. We'd love to have you out. And I probably messaged, I don't know, two hundred kids. And we ended up getting we didn't have anybody signed up a day before our first workout. And we ended up finally getting a couple and I think we did it for four or five weeks because we started late summer. And then obviously football season comes around. And then... Because so, Hog Academy is not a thing during the football season. No, no. Yeah. We just let it be. It's too hard with people's schedules. And we don't want to do extra. Just do what your coach say. There's no need to be doing anything right. extra during football season with us at least. Yep. <clears throat> so then the next year comes around. And we really started pushing it. And it just kind of exploded. And then... Corona happened. Well, it exploded. Why do you think it exploded? I don't know, and, and it was hard. I we emailed. I emailed personally every single coach in the Richmond area. It was like there's like 30, 40 schools in Richmond. Sure, you know Chesterfield. We maybe got a response from like two, mm. and I think a lot of coaches looked at us at the start as like a threat. Like, oh, we're trying to, I don't know, steal your kids. Because there are a lot of issues where some coaches coach at a place and they're pulling. Kids can move easily yeah, these ste- days. stepping on toes. We're like, look, we're not trying to step on your toes. We're just trying to supplement. And we're not teaching them scheme. We don't care what you run. This is what we're trying to You're teach focus them. on the individual. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they go to these recruiting camps because there's so many schools. Like, Atlee runs, what, a wing T or something crazy. And these kids are going to go to uh, recruiting camps and have to do one-on-ones that are end-all, be-all, and that's what coaches care about, and they don't know how to pass that. They don't know how to do pass blocking. So, I don't know. I guess our name just slowly started getting out there, and, you know, we really just focus on, one, being ourselves, being, you know, personable with parents and answering their questions when they had about recruiting or what they need to do or what their son needs to be doing as a – a sixth grader does he need to be playing three different for three different rec leagues like so that all happened and we were starting to roll and then COVID happened and we took about a month off and we were trying to figure out like what because at that point that was our only job yeah like what are we gonna do um and we're lucky we're both still living at home at the time so we had some time to figure it out and we ended up just saying all right we're gonna make this happen we waited about three weeks and then we said look we're going to do socially distanced workouts. We're going to split it up because you weren't allowed to have groups bigger than 10. Mm. We're going to split it up. And at that point, we had like 30 kids, which was decent amount for us. Very big for that time. Sure. We split it up into three groups of three to four. So we would do, you have two times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Tuesday, Thursdays. And we would do our sessions each. So we'd go out there and what used to take an hour a day, maybe two hours a day. If you had two week, two groups of, you know, five to 10 kids, we were out there for like six hours, just doing smaller groups, socially distanced. So they weren't touching anything. We had to figure out, which is hard because offense line plays. Yeah. It's all about. Yeah. Bumping and, and punching and getting all up in each other's grills. How do we progress these kids? And, you know, like I said, it's a business, keep money flowing while, 
following the rules and keeping people safe and whatever. So we ended up, you know, including in the package of workouts they bought, you know, uh, a resistance band, kettlebell, and one other thing. And we used that for drills. We used to turn it into like a mini functional strength period where we were training important things that, because Alec was getting, he has a CSCS, which is the highest certification you can get for strength training. So we were incorporating that stuff. And we really did a great job. And we just started getting people flooding in because parents just wanted their kids out of the house. Sure. They were trying to find something that they could send them to. You are probably the only thing that, that yeah. you could get them out so of the house. So it's all then. about just adapting. It's my motto. And my dad's told me forever, whenever I come to him with problems is, you know, don't tell me what you can't do. Tell me what you can do. So we figured we can't do all this stuff, but we can do social distance, whatever. So it was a grind. Um, long days and hot sun. There's no shade where we do our stuff, but it was what we had to do. And that really helped our business. And it took off. And then even more. And uh, just little things like we had, I don't know if you follow Barstool. Um, I know they exist. I don't yeah, know their owner, Dave Portnoy, who's a big figure in our our age group was doing, I guess people started sending him packages. Someone got his address in New York city and sent him a package and he f- opened it up and it was just a trucker. It was like a mechanic hat mm. in, uh, from Tennessee. And I saw it one day on social media, like the sec that day it happened or the day after. And I was like, Holy shit, I'm going to get him to put yeah. on hog Academy stuff. So this is all while Corona's getting stepped back up. And it turned into this big thing where he was getting literally thousands of packages uh, a day. And he would spend, every night he'd have an unboxing, and he'd spend five hours opening packs. He was oh. getting everything from machetes. That's brutal. Fish, yeah. So, But I got to him early. I got to him within, there's probably like five or ten packages. when he, And it's just kind of how I roll. If I think of something, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. going to do it fast, and I'm going to try and beat everyone else to it. And we sent him hats. We sent him you know, t-shirts and we knew his favorite thing was like reduced fat cheeses. So we sent it all in a box. We paid like, I didn't tell Alec this, but I paid like a hundred dollars for like, does he know that? Does he know this now? He knows it now. And it's fine because it made us a lot of money or a decent amount of money. Um, it covered it. And next thing you know, I see him open up the thing and he's like, Oh, hog Academy. And he talks about, he's like, Oh, pass block, move your feet, pass block. He's like, oh, reduced fat cheese. It's sick. I love that. And just put it down. And I was like, damn, he missed everything inside. And um, at that point, he was doing day trading because there are things all content. So he's recording himself day trading, never day traded before in his life. And his whole thing at that point was run the football. He kept on saying, I'm just going to run the football and just keep going. So we're like, okay. He just opened our package on a Friday. Obviously, you don't day trade over the weekend. So I sent him a message from my account. We sent him a message from Hog Academy, and Alec is verified, so he sent a message, some long thing like, "Hey, appreciate you opening our package. You know, if uh, we know you like to run the football on your day trade, you know, wear our Hog Academy shirt and you know get the O line guy. It's just something stupid. No answer. Next thing you know, I'm waking up and I'm getting texts and calls like, "Holy shit, do you see Dave Portnoy is wearing your T-shirt on his live stream?" for his day trade and i was like oh my god and next thing you know we had a couple t-shirts up on the site they just start being ordered from everywhere now granted we're a niche thing so not everyone wanted it now he did some companies that blew up 
But we ended up getting orders from like 19 different states and Canada yeah, for t-shirts. Cool, and then you ended up wearing it for like a pizza review. Um, so that helped. I mean, that grew our brand a little bit. We've had people that have recognized it. And then the whole year went by, and last year or this year, we did a an offensive line camp that went really or O line D line big man camp. Right, did really well, and we're just trying to slowly keep taking the next, you know, correct step, whether it be a small step or a massive step, but just small steps, and they'll lead to big things. Yeah, and who knows where it goes? It could stay right here, small. It could turn into something massive, or just I hope you crush it. Yeah, I mean. It it's sounds fun. like you're on, on, the, on a great path. It's fun. It's just trying to capitalize. When something comes up like that Dave Portnoy thing, Barstool thing, how to capitalize. It, it, that's crazy that the world follows a guy like Dave, Dave Portnoy. It's a big deal. It's crazy. Yeah, I, he's, don't, what, I don't he's, get it. He's like God to a lot of people. And that's what we did with these T-shirts. Like I was telling you with the new NIL name, image, and likeness with right. college football, college sports. It happened July 1st. And I was on the phone. I was out at the beach with my family. And I was talking to my buddy who still plays at ODU. My buddy plays at Texas Tech. They're both offensive linemen. And I was joking. I was like, oh, you know. Or they're like, oh, Hog Academy should sponsor us. I was like, well, I don't know what we're going to. I mean, you know, we can't. We don't make enough money to pay you thousands of dollars. Right. And then I just clicked. Like, I'm going to make t-shirts for them. And then I'm going to was like, all right, I'm going to make t-shirts for their starting five. And my buddy Odie was like, oh, we don't have a starting five. We have like six or seven that rotate. And I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do the whole offense line. Right. And from that point forward, I spent a lot of my vacation. It's just an onslaught of just full-fledged. I'm, it's game on. So I figured out what I was going to do. I knew it was going to make money. It was just a matter of getting it done before someone else thought of it. And I spent probably a month and a half, two months just getting it set up, reaching out to players. Focused on the O-line entirely. Focused on – we do D-line as well because I had a buddy that played at Wake Forest or plays. He's a D-lineman there, and they were all about it. And, you know, they're not making insane money, but we've got a couple guys that have made five, $600. Yeah, that's cool. I've never seen the field. Wow. Would never get a chance at an NIL deal from anybody else, if I had to guess. Because right. they don't play, so no one really – they're not just kind of lost in the shuffle. And so we launched it. I lucked out. I found a guy down the road. Ken Lowenstein, who's been great. He print, has a whole manufacturing plant for printing T-shirts. Mm, ODU guy. Yeah, PH guy, ODU guy. Okay. And it just exploded. And it's been great. It's just been because this is our off-season for Hog Academy. And so to have this come up. Yeah, it's great. You know, I spent two months of just grinding to figure it out. And it hit a snag where I thought it wasn't going to happen. And you just work around it. And now, I mean, we've done... We're closing in on sixty thousand dollars in sales and nice in eight weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really crazy. That's amazing, man. It's pretty cool. It feels good when you you know you put in all that work. You put in all the work and not it, knowing, it pays off a bit. Yeah, right? I had no clue what to expect, and I was down at the river with some buddies when we finally launched it, and it was like that's all I could. I couldn't stop looking at my phone with orders rolling in. I was some of that. You want to talk about happy? It was up there with like. <laughs> A Virginia Tech type thing. That's how, because the work paid off. Yeah, no, that's great, man. Uh, the work will keep paying off. Well, that's the hope. Yeah, that's the hope. I, I imagine it will. Cool. Let's let's uh, close by uh, talking about your family a yeah. little bit more. Tell us about your family. Um, yeah, so I have my my mom and dad, Kevin and Cheryl Clark. Um, my dad grew up in Northern Virginia, played at William Mary a little bit. 
Uh, my mom grew up in Connecticut, went to Gettysburg. I'm pretty sure she swam at Gettysburg. Okay. She might get mad at me for not knowing that. I'm pretty sure that she did. Should you emphatically know that? I'm actually, I, I'm positive she did. <laughs> I'm positive she did. Um, little sister, uh, she's three years younger than me. She plays lacrosse, Division One lacrosse. She's a goalie. She was a goalie at St. Bonaventure for four years. Um, started a lot of games there, and then she just transferred to Youngstown State yep, for I saw that. her fifth year. She loves it there, uh, doing really well. And then, obviously, my little brother Colby, who's a sophomore at VCU, who wasn't a big sports guy, probably because he got dragged to all my... I coached him yeah. in flag football you back did. in the day. Yeah. Not big into sport. He likes watching. Like He'll watch Nationals. He, he would enjoy watching my games, Savannah stuff. But he, I'm sure he got dragged to so many tournaments and stuff. As and kid. he's the youngest of the three. Yeah. He just, yeah, wasn't into it. But he is one hell of a graphic designer. and He's very talented. Got into VCU, which is the number one graphic design program in the country. Um, so we basically... To explain it to people, he was basically a five-star recruit for graphic design. Yeah. If, if since he got into their program at VCU, it was a very big deal. Right. Um, and I don't think he gets talked about enough with how well he does there because he, yeah, he gra- does get lost in the gra- shuffle. Graphic design is not nearly as popular popular as football. Right. Right. But I mean, he's he is very very impressive with what he what he can do. I need to uh, talk to Colby. Maybe he can design a logo for me. He probably will. You, it might. He's. Almost too analytical with it right now, where he'll he might get it back in a year. He's overthinking it, but man, maybe. he's he's going to take everything into account, and you're going to get the best thing you can get from him. Okay, yeah, I talked to him about some catalog thing I was doing for another company of mine, literally a couple hours ago. Put him group message with my dad and my brother, just asking, "Hey, how does this look?" And he's asking, "Well, what's your your company design? What is your?" Pro-? I'm like, "Dude, that's not important. Just just, just get, answer the question." Right. He said, "Well, if you're going to ask me, you're going to get everything. I need to know all the answers." I'm like, "Okay, okay, uh, noted." Colby, I, I I'm very happy that Colby's uh, found graphic art. That's yeah. uh, really cool. Yeah, he seems to love it. So it's it's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, last last thing actually. Yeah, you're a talk show host. You, you're only going to do it one day or night. Okay. You get to invite your favorite musical group, one female, one male. They can be alive or dead. This can be for your entertainment. It can be for uh, thought-provoking experience. It can be whatever you want it to be. Okay. Who are, who's the band and who are the uh, the other two? The band's a tough one. Are you not a music person? Uh, no, I love music. I just don't have a set person i mean i'm very cultured you know you you go into a locker room with people from all over the place you know i love rap now i like working out with it but i also love country i do whatever so sure um i don't know if i could pick a a music person maybe someone like i think post malone super cool just someone that i i would be interested in talking to that has like a cool story i think post malone um has a very cool story seems like a very cool laid-back guy yeah um the female one is easy i would definitely jennifer aniston okay i watched friends in college first thing i binge watched just think she's great yeah and then uh, like we were talking about earlier i think it would my my male would be or guy would be probably Shaq. Shaq, charles barkley one of those two kevin hart is up there oh my gosh but i just 
I don't know why. I just I got joked on it too because I love Shaq so much. I don't know why that's funny to people. I think you're you're. I just you love, have a great eye, just great, great ear. Yeah. yeah, just everything he does, especially to pick his brain about what he does as a businessman. I mean, he is. In he, he's prolific. Yeah, and he's a good person too. Yeah, great guy. Everything he does. Um, so I would love. I almost reached out to him one time in college because I was, you know, we have our little get to know the player and on it said if I can meet one person, Shaq, and who's your favorite athlete? And I said Shaq, and everyone was like, oh, do you? So Shaq's clearly yeah, like, it's not Charles watch, or, or no, Kevin Hart. No, it's, it's like, Shaq. oh, do you like what's your infatuation with with Shaq? And I wanted to DM and be like, hey man, can you throw me a little love out here? I'm getting <laughs> roasted by my teammates. Like it'd be sick if you could stick up for me and just send me a little something, but I never did. <laughs> But I do. I think he's obviously he was a great player. He's hilarious. Yeah, Shaq's probably getting like ten thousand text messages every week. Oh yeah, yeah, crazy. But yeah, those those would probably be my three. No, that's a good trio. Yeah, I, I'd watch that show. I would. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people. I think it's a solid group. Oh, I think you get pretty good ratings. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, cool. Hey, Nick, uh, great talking to you, man. I appreciate you coming over here and uh, yeah, spending time talking to me. Thank you. This was me. awesome. Yeah, very cool. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.